there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. It's your instant reaction over the with the win. Gosh, instant reaction podcast. Texas Tech's win over West Virginia, 34-27. I can't speak. Pumped up. I'm your host, Spencer, joined by Michael. Hello, everybody. Yeah, we're not really used to reacting positively after these games. This is fun. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. And I did just hear confirmation that McNamara's punt was still headed north on I-27. I think it was rolling along north of New Deal on its way to Abernathy last I heard. You know, I was actually in Abernathy tonight. I can confirm I saw it rolling on the highway. It's coming south. Oh, well, we so now two sources. I think we can pass print it. it. Pass it in the I think night. that's how that works. <laughs> that's how it works. Um, we'll definitely talk about McNamara or Smacknamara's cannon yeah. of a punt. Got even uh, Pat McAfee's attention on the Twitter um. Yeah, dude. So you mentioned it. We're, we we haven't done a, a positive instant reaction like these in a while. It's been since we played West Virginia in November of last year that we've had a positive instant reaction for football. Even when we beat Houston Baptist, we were like, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> "This one's like West Virginia was like is a pretty good team." And sure, you 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 still like you don't feel a hundred percent that your team is like set up to run the table and, 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 and take on Clemson. But, um, for all of the flaws that you've seen in the, the past few weeks, you saw at least sparks of answers. Um, you've got things to be mm-hmm. excited about on all those fronts. Um, there weren't like glaring decision-making questions tonight. Your defense had an opportunity to blow it and they didn't. <laughs> your offense was yeah. pretty good. I mean, it's like I said, it wasn't like a, like you blew out West Virginia and like, but it's definitely like, man, <laughs> this feels good. <laughs> pretty, pretty solid effort. I mean, there's a few things to nitpick here and there, of course, which we uh, will and which we will. I'm sure we will. But yeah, that'd be the big thing going in to take away from a win like this is how many people were hurt either before or out before the game. And then how many people got hurt during the game? I mean, we're talking key guys, Xavier white, Sir Roderick Thompson, yeah, Sean Merriweather. I mean, the list just kept going and that was during the game. I mean, let, let's take a second and be supremely gra- grateful that Taj Brooks is as good as he is because I think he was legitimately the only healthy running back left and then what you saw him do to close out that game was nails. It was money. Like you couldn't have done that without him. But like th- there were times when like people were getting kicked off of the exam tables on the sideline because they had to bring somebody else on and get them checked out. I saw like a, who was it? Like Xavier White was sitting there. Um, he was sitting there when Thompson got hurt <laughs> the second time. He had to hop off the table, let, let Thompson come over. It's funny, but it's really not. Um the freshman players that we're, we're starting to see, Taj Brooks, Miles Price, Trey Cleveland, all three supremely, uh, I, I was going to say monumental, um, instrumental to tonight's performance. Um, Columbia, good gravy, dude, had six incompletions on the night. Yeah. Um, I think three of those were in the first half. So I mean, pretty consistent. Like I, I was so concerned that like we were going to like clamber for like, Oh my gosh, we have to have Columbia start. He has to start. And then like it not work <laughs> and not even not work, but 
but like extremely poorly. You're like, oh crap, like Bowman's the best we have. Let's put him back out there. No, like the very first drive, Columbia drives the team down and scores. Like West Virginia has the ball first in the, in the first half. You force a three and out, you get the ball, and Columbia does what he's done in every game since. We've seen him this year. He operates the offense efficiently enough to keep the ball moving, keep the chains going, and then scores. And he did that in the very first drive. You're like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> and then, of course, yeah. your defense gives up like a touchdown and like four plays. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into all that. I, I think the other thing that we need to touch on, um, yes, it was homecoming tonight. Uh, homecoming for our boy, Neil Brown. Uh, and Jarrett Daigie, I, Michael, did you know, did you know he went to school here in Lubbock? Did you know that Cliff Kingsbury did not recruit him? I I don't think Kingsbury even knew how to pronounce his name. I don't know. Based off what these guys said. I I, I remember in the recruiting process when it was like, it was like his turn to be recruited, right? Like it was whenever that was his junior year, senior year. And Cooper hosted like a big time game uh, to start the season here in Lubbock and Kingsbury actually went out to the game. Like this was a televised high school game, which is not, you know, super popular. Not, not right. It's, it's, it's fairly rare for, for Lubbock, but Kingsbury's at this game. Um, Cause they, they, they show him there. He's checking him out. Apparently <laughs> doesn't give the kid the time of day. Doesn't even uh, recruit him or try to offer him like a walk on position. Um, ends up following his brother, which is, it's fine. I, it worked out for, for Jared. I, I would say he went out to Bowling Green um, when Seth was on the staff there and has since tra- transferred to West Virginia and is doing really well there. Makes sense. But like on the broadcast tonight, it was like, did you know that Jared Dagey went to school here in Lubbock? Did you know oh, that he's, he's super pissed still that he, Texas Tech did not recruit him. He wanted to come here. Look, here's a picture when he celebrated the win of a Neil Brown led offense with his brother as a quarterback against West Virginia. He was on the field, but Texas Tech did not recruit him. It's like, let's, let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit. It was Kingsbury that didn't recruit him. I think if people hold that like kind of recruiting resentment, like it needs to be on the staff, not the school. Uh, well, and, and I, I just, I don't really, I'm not trying to pick on Daigie here at all. Honestly, uh, it's not his fault what all these guys were saying. I no, think he didn't he, ask for it. He, no, of course not. And I think please he remind everybody. it just slightly because, yeah, I'd be ticked off too if my hometown team just pretty much completely ignored me. And then I was still talented enough to play for a power five school in the same damn conference. Right. But anyway, I, I it's just it was so grating and it was so predictable. The, the last drive when West Virginia got the ball back. All right, here's here's what he's been waiting for. No timeouts, less than two minutes. The the town that didn't give him a chance and he's back. I mean, it was it was like seven or eight of those statements in a row before the first snap. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. And that announcer was just hammered up. Yeah. Windows back. All right. Um, okay. So obviously Texas Tech wins. We're going to talk about the offense first. Um, 
Guys, the wait is finally over. Triple header of fun is upon us. Football's in full effect, obviously. Many teams starting their stuff. MLB playoffs in full swing. The World Series is in game four tonight. Dodgers are looking to take a commanding 3-1 lead. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Michael. Yes. Michael. We yes. let's start with the let's start with uh with the offense. I, I mentioned you know, earlier that we we scored in the opening drive, but it just it looked so refreshing to see it, it, it run was. the way it did. It did. Um, Columbia's like he, I was, I guess, surprised to see how much he did run tonight. Um, figuring like as a as a backup quarterback that's now kind of taken over as a starting quarterback. You kind of know what you have in your backup and the depth behind them is a little may, maybe questionable. Um, I would not be confident enough <laughs> to take that, that quarterback and say, we're, we're going to run with you. you, you you're going to run the ball for us. Um, but he did. And it was effective enough, like I said, just to keep the offense just a little bit rejuvenated. And, and it was just, it was nice to see if something wasn't there, like Columbia would move just enough or he, he'd run and pick up a, a few yards with his feet instead of throwing the ball, you know, make some kind of Ill, Ill, ill-advised pass or something, um, which I think helped lead to his completion percentage. We, he had six incompletions, like we said, 22 of 28 on the night, 78.5%. He didn't have a ton of passing yards, only 169 yards, good for six yards per attempt, which is what he's averaged basically all season. And he had two touchdowns, one, one passing, one rushing. Yeah, and, and you know, really, 169 yards, that is, there's something about this game. If you just looked at this stat line, you'd go, gosh, Tech wasn't able to move the ball at all. How in the world were they able to get anything done? But it was, he was so efficient with what he was able to do. Uh, his, his ability to move his feet, he had 11 carries for, I think, 40 yards. You know, I mean, last week we, we dinged Bowman for only throwing for 97 yards. Um, of course, he was 13 to 22. So not a great outing there, that's for sure. But, who knew that tech was capable of winning a game and and not only winning a game, but scoring 34 points when throwing for 169 yards. You had more, more rushing yards than passing yards. Like when was the last time that's happened? Um, you had a defensive score. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to go in into the defense just yet, but let, okay, so let, let's talk about, Columbia. I mean, I 22 of 28 for 100, 169 yards for one touchdown. This would feel like, okay, did, did he only play like a half? This is, this, this <laughs> doesn't right. feel like a full game's worth of stats. And what's, what's, what's so fascinating, at least to me is like, it didn't feel like we ran the ball 11 times more than we threw the ball. It didn't feel like out of balance. It didn't feel like like we were lacking on 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 passing yards. Um, I mean, 169 passing yards. You're like, oh, that's not good. But like, it didn't feel like it was bad. Yeah, I mean, last week we had 212, and we were both thinking, gosh. Ugh. Of course, Columbia had 115 of those in like eight minutes. <laughs> right on 12 attempts. So it was, it, it's just jarring. It, this makes no sense. Just looking at his stat, you would think, wow, tech must've had kind of a rough night, but Columbia's completion percentage was good. And not only was his completion percentage good, every time a receiver caught a ball, it was almost eight yards a catch. Mm-hmm. It was a, a really um, efficient outing. 
And, you know, speaking of efficiency and kind of balance, I think the time of possession, there, there's so many things in this game that were just almost exactly the same. Yeah, the, the uh, turnovers, time. turnovers were the same. You know, each team had one turnover. First downs, 22 to West Virginia versus 18 to Tech. Time of possession was seven seconds different for the two teams. Yeah, like West Virginia was 30 minutes and seven seconds. Texas Tech was 29 minutes and 53 seconds. And this is what, um, you know, you and I talked about it on the podcast last week, but I saw an article with Dave Campbell come out a few days later, and it talked about how much more time off the clock Columbia was able to burn when he has, you know, his drives are averaging over three minutes, whereas mm-hmm. Bowman's were averaging like a minute and a half. Okay, so to that specifically, how 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 refreshing or how how great was it to see Texas Tech take over possession of the ball. You're up by a score with five minutes to go and you punt the ball back to the other team because you weren't able to run the entire clock, but you punt the ball back with 45 seconds left. You took up more than four minutes. And I think West Virginia had two timeouts when when you got the ball. (laughs) Yeah, like you picked up enough first downs to eat up more than four minutes of game clock. With a true freshman running back. When you really needed to do it. Yes. Um, the other thing um, is I want to look at, at, at the rushing offense. Um, you ran for 179 yards, 4.6 yards per carry against the nation's best defense. Like you put up 350 total yards today. They average only giving up 240. So you, you, you eat out, you know, a, 110 more yards than they normally give up. Um, you averaged more than five yards per play and you scored 34 points. Like West Virginia was still fairly good on defense, but it wasn't good enough. Like your defense was better. Yeah. And it, tech was able to convert third downs. They were over last week or last game. You're up in Ames. You're eight for 16 tonight. Yes. And this is against a defense who up until tonight was only allowing, um, I think they were right at 26%. So basically one out of four. So realistically, or not realistically, but if the numbers were to apply, Tech would have only converted four of their 16 first third downs tonight. But they were able to keep the ball moving. I think a lot of that had to do with Columbia. He was opening things up. He was confusing guys a little bit, making some moves with his feet. It, it was just a different offense to watch. And it was, it was still frustrating at times because it still was a lot of the same things we were seeing with Bowman. But, um, somehow Columbia is able to click with these receivers a little better. And it says a lot about him too, that he was doing all of this without Keyshawn Carter, without, I don't think Rigdon played, or Vasher. Um, or Vasher. I mean, the, the probably three of your top receivers, of course, you know, Price is moving up there pretty quick. <laughs> he was pretty good tonight. Um, he was your leading receiver. Yeah. Um, Ezukama, of course, was in the game, but he only, I say only, but he caught four passes. But the, you know, Columbia was, he, he was really impressive and just, just efficient. i I, just, I don't know what else to say about that. I, it shocked <laughs> me to a point because I fully expected him to come in, possibly throw a bad interception at some point and, you know, not be, I, I wasn't expecting him to turn the tide or anything like that. I'm still not to be clear, but what he did tonight, uh, I think surprised even those of us who were anxious to see him get the start. Yeah. Like, when you talk about he didn't throw an interception, um, I don't think he was even close to throw. I don't. I don't remember one like hitting a defender in the hands or uh, like he chugs the ball up. You're like, oh, that worked out. And like, I mean, may, maybe that throw to Price in the first quarter where you're like, what's going to happen here? But I think maybe because we were burned so much by <laughs> Bowman, like when, when when he would like rear back and throw it down and feel like this is not going to work out. Um. And it did. Um, it's just, it's, it, it's so weird. Cause like 
the stats don't make sense. It, it, it's such a, like a, a break from what we're used to. We're used to seeing Texas Tech put up 500 yards of offense and score 24 points. And you put up 350 and scored 34. Like you were much more efficient with your offensive yards to points than what we're used to. So like 348 yards, it doesn't feel like a lot. Mm-hmm. But 34 points in this iteration of the Big 12 is good enough to win games. Like you can win a lot of your games scoring 34 points in this league this year. It's not always the case. But if you can consistently score 34 points, you're going to win a lot of games. Um, yeah, and, and if, if you get your defense a chance to rest, I, I think tonight they they had 12 drives for right at 30 minutes. So that's two and a half minutes a drive on average. That's that's good enough for the most part to give your defense a little bit of a rest. Yeah, the only like the only time I was really concerned about the defense is when we had that scoop and scores like, oh gosh. And so we had the same kind of thing happening against Iowa state. You, you, you have a good positive momentous play and you put the defense back out on the field. It's like, is that, that going to happen again? And it didn't. You're like, okay, <laughs> I'm good with that then. Yeah. Um, and, and, sh- and sure there were, there were three, three and ounce, uh, and six punts, I believe. We'll get, we'll talk about punts later because we're going to keep going. Punts, to. punts don't suck tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> Except for that 127 yarder. We won't talk about that one. But the, the, the three and outs never came consecutively, which always seems to be a, a super deflating gut punch is when you get back to back three and outs. They didn't come consecutively tonight. That was helpful. There were three punts in a row at one point uh, in the third and fourth quarter, but the offense was able to just kind of steadily move the ball when they needed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So rushing yards, you put up, like I said, 179 rushing yards last week. You only had uh, 58 um, against a team that we were expecting to be fairly stingy on the ground. Like I said we averaged 4.6 yards per carry. Um, nobody looked like, fantastic Taj Brooks probably the closest thing although Sir Roger Thompson had that long touchdown run in the first half but like Thompson carried the ball eight times for almost 70 yards averaged eight and a half yards carry most of that like I said came from that 48 yarder Taj Brooks 12 carries 44 yards 3.7 yards carry um and that last drive it just felt like he got like the extra yard or two on every run that he needed just to be like the offenses stayed just that much closer, that much ahead of the chains. Like it was second and six instead of second and eight, uh, third and one instead of third and four. Like it just, and like, I think, I think he, price picked up a huge one too, kind of doing the same thing, just kept churning. And I, I think he might've gotten it, but he, continued to work and got three or four yards beyond the line of scrimmage or beyond the the first down marker. And it was no question, Mm -hmm. just really impressive. I mean, rushing and uh, receiving by price tonight. Henry Columbia, like we said, 11 carries 40 yards, one touchdown Uh, Brooks Thompson and Columbia all had a rushing touchdown. Xavier white carried the ball six times. He, he had a brace on his shoulder and he ended up leaving there towards the end. Of, I think it was the third or fourth quarter. It looked like he had re-injured that shoulder. Uh, Miles Price, you, you mentioned he had a couple of carries. Um, I, I was not expecting 180 rushing yards at nearly five yards a carry tonight. But <laughs> if you're going to do that, I don't care. I'm like, do it every week. Because that's... <laughs> sure. <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, receiving, gosh, like three of your four top receivers are guys that are just starting to break out and get into the rotation. Miles Price was your leading receiver, seven catches for 79 yards. Then Eric, Eric Ezukonma, then Jalen Polk, Trey Cleveland, that, that touchdown from Cleveland, dude, <laughs> he like, he was not going to be denied. Got that ball was going to the, towards the goal line, met several West Virginia defenders like, Nope, I'm getting in. 
Mm-hmm. He's the only receiving touchdown on the night. Um, Miles Price picked up a big third down on that drive we were talking about to the help uh, eat away some of that clock. Um, I mean, I'd like to see a lot more production from the receivers, and I, I would prefer to see more than 169 rush or 169 passing yards. But I, I have a hard time faulting Columbia when he's missing Vasher and Carter and Rigdon and it being his first start, like it, it was, it was good enough and I can't really fault him for not getting more because of the guys that were missing, but it's also hard not to be excited about what you did see from the younger guys. Oh, of course we were, we were pumped after Houston Baptist seeing what Brooks was able to do and both kind of dumbfounded as to why he got maybe one carry or, you know, less than five between now and then we didn't know if it was a discipline thing or just a roster thing that Xavier White came back. I had no idea, uh, but it was awesome to see him back in there running the ball again and running as well as we saw him run in September. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking at, at our third downs. Um, Texas Tech, like we said earlier, was eight for 16. Um, you picked up, let's see, one, two, three, five of those eight third down conversions on the ground. That's huge. <laughs> to have that in your back pocket, to know that you can, you don't always have to go into the air on third down, that they're not going to see that coming every single time. Yeah. Have to prep for more than one option. Um, which is, you know, a great, I guess, turnaround from last week when you were over, uh, up there in Ames, you went over 10 tonight. You were eight for 16. I think that in the broadcast early on, they mentioned you had gone like, Oh, of your last 13 or 14 third downs going back even into the Kansas state game. Um, but you broke that streak. You went eight, like I said, eight for 16 tonight. Good enough, just like I said, to keep the ball moving. Um, it wasn't perfect on offense. Uh, I mean, I, I would take more yards and more more points every day, but I, it's hard to complain about a win that you weren't expecting to get. Looking, I mean, it, it doesn't feel like a fluke win. Like what you saw on the field tonight does not feel fluky. It doesn't feel like you got lucky. It doesn't feel like West Virginia gave you the game. Um, it felt like you went out there, you performed well enough to win and you did. Well, and you know, this kind of dips into the defense conversation. We may kind of get into there. The the only thing that kind of spoils it a little bit for me are the number of drops West Virginia had. Not that I care. (laughs) I'm glad. I, I mean, drop it all day, but they had six or seven pretty bad drops so that was probably about the only real fortunate thing that tech had go their way today you know the scoop and score was great but that was that's just a football play i don't think that's super fortunate that's just guys being aware uh making a good play but you're right there there wasn't it, it wasn't like west you didn't get the sense that oh west virginia just gave this away they shot themselves in the foot all day or something it just you know, Daggy didn't play that great. The Tech's defense actually did play pretty well. Uh, gave up 393 yards. Not too bad for a defense that came in averaging 335 yards in the air, <laughs> giving up that much in the air before tonight. So uh, ended up only giving up, well, it's 302, so less than their average, but Less than 100 rushing yards. Yeah, you held Letty Brown to 77 yards on the ground for 3.7 yards per carry. This is the guy like we thought Letty, the offense would go through. Like he, Jared Day, he's yeah. going to be kind of like a, a manager. He's going to distribute the ball like a good um, point guard and get Letty Brown his touches. He's going to be your, your, your shooting guard. Um, but Brown had 21 carries far and away, like the more touch, like the most touches that anybody on the field. Taj Brooks had 12 carries. Columbia had 11. The next leading rusher for West Virginia only had six. Like they were going to run through Letty Brown and you contained him, 
for less than like three and a half yards a carry. 77 yeah, and, yards and, and, on 21 carries. That's, that's nothing. Right. And, and, you know, Deggy played pretty well. He, his numbers would have been a lot better had his receivers caught the ball more, but tech actually had some guys in position. They blew some coverage early that started to get in, started getting me a little worried. I mean, there were a couple of big chunk plays of, you know, Winston Wright Jr. had a 38 yard catch. Michael Laughlin had a 34. Sean Ryan had 24. I mean, there were some pretty big chunk plays. And I mean, Winston Wright Jr., nine receptions, 126 yards. He had himself a day, but it just didn't really matter because even though they were able to get things going through the air a little bit, Tech's rushing defense stepped up. And that was all West Virginia could do when they caught the ball. And and I think the numbers I read earlier, I screenshotted before the game was over. Tech, West Virginia actually had 347 yards passing. Mm-hmm. So it was right at Tech's average. <laughs> yeah, so I, I've got a pass yards for 347, rush yards at 91. I'm, I'm looking at the stats broadcast from Texas Tech. Yeah, I may delete that screenshot. That way we don't post it somewhere because it had it is not updated. So I'm just going to drop that out so I don't <laughs> say any other bad numbers. But we were both, you know, I came in, I picked Tech to win 27-24 or something like that. I did like not. That. I was, <laughs> right. And I was, with that, it was kind of an optimism pick. It was a, it was a, I don't think West Virginia's offense is that great and I'm not sure their defense is that great, despite the numbers look good. It was, and it was, you know, kind of a hopeful, hey, maybe there'll be a spark this this week with Columbia. And I, I was glad to see that come to fruition. The, the defense. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana. Where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's, I, I 
you know, it doesn't hurt that, you know, Colin Schooler had nine tackles. Mm-hmm. Um, Rico Jeffers had nine tackles. Krishan Merriweather had nine tackles. Those guys just owned the middle of the field. And who was it? Was it Morgan Stern that knocked the ball out and McPherson scooped it up and ran it back for the touchdown? McPherson just seems to be in the right place at the right time to recover fumbles and <laughs> and, so, and gets special teams <laughs> touchdowns and all sorts of stuff. He just the ball just just rolls his way. Did did you watch that uh that Matt Wells recap video that he does everywhere every week that he looks back on a couple of big plays from the, the game before? I did not. Okay, so he actually touched on that on that uh, blocked field goal, and said that there are two outside guys. Like I, I, I don't. I, this shows my ignorance to, to know how much practicing and planning goes into the field goal block team. So the two outside guys are taught to get as deep as the kicker is and turn in and then look for the ball. I was like, that's that's awfully specific, but he's like, but look what happened. We blocked the ball and it went right to McPherson and he did yeah, his, he did. and he, he said he put his two pinkies together, which I guess is, is, is a training point. Like w- when you do that, you're like, that makes sense. Cause it makes like this big basket. <laughs> you yeah. put your pinkies together. He picked up the ball and, and scores like he did that tonight. He saw that exact same thing. Like he was in the right spot. Um, and just, I, me- I remember them talking about it when, when they were coming in here as a new staff that, they teach defense and special teams to score. And as more like more than recent memory, like this team has done that. You've scored on defense tonight. You've scored on special teams several times. Um, but yeah, like McPherson though, <laughs> right play, right time, right place, right time. Yeah. Um, Let's let's not talk about special teams just yet because we're, we're just about ready to get to your questions. Um, before we do that, though, guys, we got to remind you, you need to go to manscaped.com and check out all of their amazing products. They just released a new weed whacker. This is a ear and nose hair trimmer. Um, Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game now with their weed whacker. Go check out manscaped.com you can get their lawnmower 3.0 testy toner their nail kit um the deodorants all that kind of good stuff manscaped.com um, get 20 percent off and free shipping when you use the code armchair at manscaped.com 20 percent off free shipping at manscaped.com what are you waiting for go whack your weeds Guys, as you know, the wait is finally over. There's a ton of sports action upon us this week, and there will be for the foreseeable future. Football is in a full effect, as you know, and the playoffs are in full swing. The World Series. Playoffs? Specifically. Playoffs? Is in full swing. <laughs> Sorry. Spencer's Dodgers are just just a sight to behold. Uh, you might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at bet online. Bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to bet online today. Use promo code armchair to take advantages of all the great sign up bonuses. That's promo code armchair bet online, your sports book experts. Um, Okay, let's, let's talk about special teams because this week on Matt Wells' radio show, he specifically called out special teams like we are losing games because of our special teams play. Um, and It's early, probably not that simple, but it's I get what he was saying. Yes. <laughs> the, there, were, there were definitely times when the, the special teams, the performance of the special teams was a contributing factor to large yes. momentum shifts in the wrong direction. Early on in this game, it looked like it was going to continue that trend to go that wrong that direction. On your second touchdown, your holder McNamara, sorry, like I don't know what happened. It, he like bobbled the snap when it came into him, or he dropped it. 
he was rushed to get the ball reset and he didn't get it set in time. And when, by the time that Trey Wolf kicked it, like the ball was like horizontal to the ground. He like drilled it into the back of somebody in the line of scrimmage. Um, you allowed a fake punt to be converted for a first down. Um, and then at one point, Wells chose to go for on fourth and 11 uh, inside West Virginia's 30 yard line. So it would have been a 44, 45 yard field goal. Uh, and you were up uh, only 13 to 10 at the moment, but you were able to convert, which is good. And then you had that punt, <laughs> that punt that oh is still, God. still rolling its way up to Plainview. Um, McNamara, or as he may now be called, Smacknamara. He had five punts that's, on the night. That's what I'm shooting for. Or maybe it was six, but five punts, uh, at least listed here. 267 yards were an average of 53.4 yards per punt. Michael. And if you if you take out that meager 27-yarder, that average bumps up to 60. Well, let, let, let's talk about why that is. <laughs> he had a punt. <laughs> Texas Tech was was pinned inside their own 10. It was probably, I, I think it was one of those drives where Alex Hogan was returning a kick and he went like only sideways. He got to the 10-yard line, turned sideways, and got nowhere. Um, this is one of your three and outs that you had under Columbia. McNamara comes into punt. He is standing in his end zone when he receives a snap. Um, takes a few steps. I think he kicks it. He's at the three yard line, I believe. He punts it. It looks like it's almost blocked or the guys that are, are, are blocking for him and right in front of him kind of get pushed back into him. And then the camera starts to pan and it pans <laughs> and it pans and it catches up with the, the re- receiver, the returner who's flipped his hips and running the wrong direction. <laughs> he is running backwards. Um, and then the ball goes over his head and it lands. It had to be what, like 75 yards in the air. It was like a Mahomes throw. Yes, it was. Um, unfortunately, because it was struck with such force, when it hit the ground, it just it kicked forward. It just kept going. Um, it ended up being a touchback, but that ball <laughs> traveled more than 110 yards. Yeah. Where was the coverage team? What the <laughs> heck guys? The, the very <laughs> definition of outkick the coverage, but let's be honest. The return team was not back there either. <laughs> no, I mean, the, there was anybody back there, but the guys with rid of the cameras, um, it caught, was a beaut caught the attention of Pat McAfee on Twitter. Um, rightfully so hashtag for the brand <laughs> I'm, I'm really hoping he does a his uh, typical on uh, announcement of it I, I can't I don't know why I'm commentary of it I'm, I'm really hoping he does that because he always has a great way to describe a really good punt and so does one of our questions tonight so I'm going to leave one of those terms until we get to those questions. Yeah. Okay. So yes, it was wind aided. Let's, let's not act like um, it was a still night in Lubbock tonight, but even so it looked like he short, like he didn't get a full follow through on the kick. Yeah. It was he basically was, roughed. I think he was rushed to get it out uh, and he got hit right afterwards. So like he was trying to contend with that. Um, and the ball flew 75 yards through the air. It's ridiculous. What it did is, yes, while it was a touchback, it took you from like Texas Tech had, had possession of the ball inside their 10. West Virginia took over possession on their 20. That was a... Practically s- flipped the field. It was like a 75-yard change of field possession. Um, and it allowed like West Virginia was able on that next drive to convert a couple of first downs and punt and put Texas tech in the same spot. Like they were back in like inside the 10. Um, whereas had they not had that that good of a punt, they could have been close enough to go for on a fourth down to continue that drive or to kick a field goal to to get more points. But because that drive had pushed them so far back, your defense able to stop them fast enough. They just had to punt it back to you. You know, what's impressive when a guy with a Twitter handle at punts suck just waxes nostalgic over a, <laughs> a punt for nonstop for five minutes. I, I, I might have to change my, my, my Twitter handle. Um, be like McNamara, you know, he came in, we've, we've talked about him all year. He was, he was like top billing in the, 
in the uh, season ticket renewal program, they they left out the fact that he was a punter, but it was big, you know, <laughs> returning re- all Big 12, Austin McNamara. He was top billing and rightfully so. We were trying to make fun of that, but it was glaringly obvious that they left off that he's a punter on purpose. And now they should regret that because the man just set a school record and possibly and probably will be the longest record recorded punt this season. I, I need to look back. I don't know. I, I don't have a lot of punting records at my hand. So I wonder, you know, when the last time a punt like this is, I'm sure there's, it's happened in the last five to 10 years, but it, I'd, I'd bet getting beyond 80 yards is not your, <laughs> it's not something you're going to see very often. No. And like, unfortunately, I will it, tell my grandkids about this punt. <laughs> unfortunately it is on, only 87 yards because it was a touchback. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, had that ball died <laughs> inside insane. the five, it would have been like a 95 yard punt. I love it. <laughs> um, special teams. Unfortunately, you go another week without converting a field goal. I don't. I think you're. You're. I mean, you're. What are you? What are you what's your record? Two and three. So you're five games into the season without having made a field goal. Yes. And I was listening to the to the Rob Bro College Tailgate Show, and he. He was talking about how he kept checking more and more sources. Like, surely that that's not right. That we haven't we that Texas Tech hasn't connected on, on a field goal. And it was like uh, ESPN and Texas Tech, and like no, Texas Tech has legitimately not made a field goal this year. And it, it happened again tonight. Not that that there was an attempt and miss. Like they they didn't even attempt, um, which I'm okay with. I guess now, Texas Tech hasn't attempted one since Kansas State. They're going to go a full month at least without a, an attempted field goal by the time they, they play OU. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. like what you talked about earlier, the, you know, a 44 yarder. Okay. That's a, that's kind of a, a crap shoot either way, but the fact that Wells went for it on fourth and 11 at the 27 instead of even attempting a field goal that just kind of shows you all you need to know right now with the confidence in in the field goal unit yeah i mean if it was not fourth and 11 if it was like fourth and four from from the 27 and he still went for it um like that would make more sense to go for it then sure fourth and 11 (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's like no we're gonna go for it yeah no we're just gonna yep um all right last thing we want to get to before we do questions penalties texas tech was called for three penalties 19 yards i don't have all the numbers in front of us i think over the past three weeks you have not committed 10 combined penalties i think that's right it was either four or five last game and this game of of the 19 yards which is kind of a weird number one of them was a 10 yard holding penalty. So the other two were less than five yards a piece somehow. I think one was a, like a half the distance, uh, cause it moved you backwards back towards your goal line. Um, it's a false start maybe, or maybe it was, a, or maybe it was a hold. Um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm not sure what changed or how you go about addressing this. Cause we talked about that a lot with Kingsbury. He's like, what do you do to change your, penalty culture um but you have not been hurting yourself at least in the penalty department the past three weeks that has not been another thing you've had to overcome and part of that initially and i think there were a couple of pretty bad special teams penalties in the first couple games and those have not reappeared some the good old blocking in the back or mm-hmm. holding or something like that on a kickoff. I, I remember some of those popping up and those always hurt because those should, those should never happen. I don't think. And I think blocking in the back can be just kind of subjective depending on who's calling it or, or, or not. But if all else fails, just, just don't, just don't lay somebody out if you don't know for sure. 
that you're not physically in front of them, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Speaking of, and I don't want to like just land this other guy, but, uh, what's his name? Ryan Fields, the safety for West Virginia that was ejected tonight for targeting. Um, ironically enough, like he was, the targeting call was he hit Columbia as he was sliding, uh, which was like by definition, a sliding quarterback is a defenseless, a defenseless player. Mm-hmm. And, and he hit him high, you know, shoulder, neck, head area. That's this is the, so he transferred to West Virginia from Arizona. This is the guy that took out Alan Bowman last year. It's the same yep. guy. And I made a, a really poorly worded joke that he just had, his, he has a thing against hurting Texas Tech quarterbacks in our, our Slack chat. Um, but we've kind of mentioned this before that the, the targeting rules have, you know, on, on the peripheral been changed a little bit that the player can remain on the field on the sideline with his team. Um, and a few plays later, there was, I wouldn't call it a fight, but players from the sideline left the sideline and came onto the field of play, like as if there was going to be an altercation. And it looked like this player that had been previously ejected from the game was leading the cause. <laughs> oh no, he was celebrating. Oh, no, no. It was like, uh, it was, it was a, a pass. I forgot who caught it, but one of our receivers caught a pass and then he fumbled it when he hit the ground. So the ground caused the fumble, but West Virginia recovered it. And, uh, he ran out there to celebrate with his players with, Mm, okay. No, that's right. just, you, you know, it's just completely <laughs> obvious because he ran right in front of a ref. The announcers even joked about that. And he had, he didn't have a Jersey on no helmet. No, you know, his nothing. pads on anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it was. Um, <laughs> it was like, I, I mean, I, I get that this is one, one, one play, but like, is that going to be looked at again or like, or are they, are they going to be a lot more specific about players that, okay, you've been ejected. Like you legit cannot leave the sideline. Um, or are they going to be like, no, actually you need to leave the field of play. Um, yeah, they could go back on that. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. So, okay. My, my brother, uh, he's, he's a, he's a longtime listener wanted me to make sure he wanted me, he wanted to make sure that I, was clear that stat that I've been quoting for the past few weeks that Texas Tech was two and fifteen in the last seventeen games it came from him. But <laughs> Texas Tech is now three and fifteen in their last eighteen games. Feels good. I sort of. <laughs> uh, also, Matt Wells is incrementally game by game improving his one score game record. Um, yes, he's much better in that department at home, but hey. We'll take it. We'll definitely take it tonight. Texas Tech wins 34-27. Michael, let's get to some questions. I am ready. Thoughts, reactions from the Twitter. Let's pull this up. Right. There's quite a few. Um, Tyler Timmons. Man, it feels so good to win a close game. That's all I got. Beer is cold. Beer is good. Red Raiders forever. (laughs) Guns up, Tyler. Uh, Kyle's Red Raider. Sorry, Kyle's Raider Power. But it was nice to see a quarterback that can actually move in the pocket and get yards with his legs. I'm just excited to see something change and get encouraging results. No. Yeah, man, I, I don't. It's great. I'm like we, we started off. It's, it's wonderful, refreshing. All those good things to see a quarterback be able to be effective and efficient after what all we've seen the past few weeks. Um. Rob Bro asks, will Texas Tech finish five and five? Or will I be eating a little nitro? <laughs> Michael, does this yeah, game for those tonight? Who don't know. We, we do what? Uh, I was going to ask, does this game tonight begin to change your outlook on the rest of the season? Not really. Uh, I, I came in thinking Tech would win four games, and that's what Rob's getting at is over under between the three of us, you and me and Rob at four and a half, Rob picked the over. We picked the under on wins and whoever's wrong has to eat little nitro, which I think is the world's hottest gummy bear. Gummy bear. Yep. And anyway, that's what he's asking. I, you know, five and five is, 
I think it's in play, but I would like to see how Tech does next week. I think that's going to tell us something. Oh, you handled TCU pretty well today. I honestly didn't really see that coming. I thought TCU would give them a lot more trouble. I thought they'd still win. But, uh, you know, TCU still on the schedule. They're kind of one of those toss-up games. Kansas, of course, Tech better be Kansas. And then Oklahoma State's going to be pretty rough as well. And Baylor. And Baylor. You know, Baylor's still kind of a question mark right now. So it's... So to get to five and five, you need to win three more games between Oklahoma, TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma State, and Kansas. I... I'm not seeing it yet. I'm not seeing it yet. (laughs) I think I would be a little more inclined to lean towards wins versus TCU and Baylor than I was previously. If you continue to build on your performance tonight, uh, I I've predicted at least in the preseason predicted only one other win on the schedule. And that's Kansas. Like you said, you better get that, especially with Puka Williams, not participating the rest of the year. Um, Oklahoma state. I, I, I have a hard time seeing Oklahoma. I have a hard time seeing you win those games. Um, but I think winnable left on your schedule, TCU, Baylor, and Kansas. Like, but I think that may be stretching it. Like to get to five and five would maybe be best case scenario, at least in my mind. Yeah, I kind of think that's where we're headed to. So I, mean, I to a best case scenario if Tech gets five and five. I can't wait to see Rob Rowe eat little nitro. <laughs> um <laughs> Mike Hawk. <laughs> Careful. <laughs> Mike Hawk at the Hawk TTU. Texas Tech will finish seven and three. You heard it here first. Fear the flow. All right. That's gotta th- be that's gotta be reference to Columbia's here. Has to be. Um Corbin. Alan Corbin says the offense was man, but winning a close game should build confidence if the defense plays like this against OU, there's a chance. See, I I, I, I think see- I think, I think some ahead, people are, are a little more down on the offense than I was, um, which is understandable. Like I said, we only put up 350 yards a night. Definitely want more than that. You want more points than that, than your 27 that you put up on offense. Um, but yeah, if your defense is holding teams to three yards a carry and um, holding people to 25% conversion on third downs, yeah, you've got chances to win any game on your schedule. And it was, it was still kind of, I get what he's saying, saying by the offense being meh, because it was still kind of frustrating. The kind of the same thing you see Yost do where uh, it's third and three, it's third and four, it's third and six. And, the, but this time they were converting them. You know, they were converting those third downs and moving the ball, but it just made you nervous the whole game. And you, and, you know, there'd be some plays that just really wouldn't work, but then the next play they'd go for seven, eight yards, you know? So it, it was still kind of frustrating to that aspect, but uh, I think you're exactly right, Alan, that this, this game will build some confidence. The fact that they, the fact that they won a big 12 game at home, doesn't matter where you play. Actually, we'll, we'll take them where we can get them now. That's, that's a pretty good confidence booster with OU coming in next week. Brian Dun Carlos. Hey man, uh, one get better. Uh, he says, does Yost need to get more creative with our running game to take advantage of the running back talent to get the offense to improve? Or do you think they'll stay the course? I mean, I would love to see um, an improved running game. It felt like my, my season long complaint with the running game has just felt like so many runs start off so slowly. It's like a draw or a delayed handoff where the running back starts next to the quarterback um, and there's no like momentum. There's no moving. There's no shifting to get the the running back moving north and south. He takes the ball from the quarterback and then starts to accelerate towards the line of scrimmage. It's like it just it feels like a very slow developing run. Um, I do like that you move around blockers. You you pull offensive linemen. You've got your tight ends in there. I like doing that. I want to see more of that. Um, I mean, if we can run two two running backs out there at a time, heaven forbid, like there, there's enough healthy running backs to do that. I I would like to see a continued improvement on the running game, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't know how to, how to scheme that myself. So I don't know what I would expect or look for. Yeah. I, I do think that 
it would be beneficial for him to get more creative. But the last part where he asked about whether or not they'll stay the course, what we've seen from Yost, they're going to stay the course. They stick to whatever they do and they very, very little. So I, I think they're going to stick with the course rather than try to get a little creative, but you know, injuries may force them into doing a little something else. Who knows? All right. Keith pad trick. I almost said Patterson got the defense according to my mind. <laughs> Cause you just said tell him that Keith Patrick, what is the most underrated sports expression and why is it piss missile? <laughs> He's referring to the, the punt. Um, <laughs> it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> Such when, a kid. When, when you look through all of the, the the replies and the threads of anybody that was talking about the, that punt, um, at least fifty percent of them had like a hashtag or directly referred to this punt as a piss missile. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's just you know when you add the word absolute in front of it, it's it's that much better. Just an absolute piss missile. I I think. The reason that this is the most underrated is because you don't get to use it as often. Professionals don't get to use it as often. A couple that I really like, Keith, that are baseball related, because honestly to me, and I think it was Labar who talked about using this to describe home runs too. I think he talked about a a line drive home run. Yeah. I I think it's interchangeable because – moonshot is one of my absolute favorites. I don't know why it's just, it just paints such a picture in his two words, just a moonshot at over left field. And then <laughs> anything with the, with the word dong in it, <laughs> cause those get <laughs> like, you see, you see ding dong, or you see just an absolute dong over the left field wall. <laughs> that's a pretty good one. That's, that's a pretty underrated sports expression because if you can use dong on live TV and get away with it and everyone's like, Oh yeah, that's a nice home run. Look at that dong. Worth it every time. Um, Tyler Timmons, we have an all American punter. That's fun. Also Columbia opens up with his ability to run. Yost has to improve his play calling. A win is a win is a win. Hashtag wreck him. I agree on all fronts. Yeah, it's been nice. It's been nice having this this talk, man. We haven't we haven't gotten to do this in a while and feel kind of a little optimistic and not down in the dumps. It's it's it goes against everything we've been saying, like Texas Tech will suck you in and then, and then like destroy your soul. Um and there were definitely moments where we're like, okay, Texas Tech has the it's lead. Coming. <laughs> we're going to the fourth quarter. Uh we actually held on the ball, what? And then like you give the ball back. You're like, here comes the Keith Patterson prevent defense. Here it comes. He was rushing four that entire time. He did. He was blitzing. It was like, he rushed four. He I think listens. every play on that last drive, he listens to the 23 personal pod. They must play it in their coaches meetings. Cause we yeah, got Columbia and to start were, and we got Keith Patterson to stop rushing three and dropping eight. Yeah. Very, very important part of the uh, pregame prep. I'm sure for the, the well staff and we definitely owe the power of the 23 personnel podcast all of our great listeners all of you guys michael any final parting shots after tonight's 34 27 victory i came into this season thinking that tech would just completely get blown out by ou and i don't feel that way anymore so stay tuned to see if that means I'm flipping over to a possible W next week. I'm not sure, but this was a, this was a good wallet. It was kind of weird, but it was, um, it never felt like it was going to completely fall apart. You had some, like you said, some close calls or some moments in the back of your mind just because we've seen it, but it was, um, pretty impressive after the outings we saw the last couple games. Yeah. So I'm not sure if I'm there yet on the Oklahoma game. I, I think it's unfortunate though, that like you do so well against West Virginia and they have to play Oklahoma that you could lose some of this momentum. But I think in this four game block, you could go three and one. And to do that means you're going to have to kind of um, persevere, probably a, you know, a, 
I, I don't know. You, you have to persevere a loss in there somewhere. And I would imagine it would be from Oklahoma, but I think there are winnable games before you hit your next bye week that you can win. Now that you've beat West Virginia in the way you've done it, I think such it sets you up at least that you can look ahead and say three and one is a possibility in this four game stretch. Um, whereas I previously had a predicted a one in three stretch through here. Um, so yeah, it's, it's fun. Winning's fun. Um, this could be the worst thing for Texas tech. Cause you could get a lot more people that are just like completely back on board that had disengaged. Uh, and, and maybe Texas tech is not that much better, but it feels good to win. Um, you know, we may be swinging too hard in the other direction on the swing here, but I, I, it, it, it feels good to win, man. Um, I, I always, wanna, I want to win more games. <laughs> so I guess that'll do it for us on the 23 personnel podcast for Michael. I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next week for our Oklahoma preview. Right. Thank you for listening to the 23 personnel podcast and sharing our fandom for the Texas tech red Raiders. You can connect with us on Twitter at 23 personnel, Spencer at punt suck and Michael at Michael underscore LBK and find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com. Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly. <laughs>